strongest power lifters in the history of the sport have been dwarves. I know that, but yeah. it so it'd be fine for him too, yeah. Unless he has a pathological issue with a, with a joint. He can't, he can't pull squat now. Why not? I don't know. He just can't squat. Well, we need to find out why. There was a guy named Chucky Dunbar. If you remember, look up Chucky Dunbar. C-H-U-C-K-I-E Dunbar. D-U-N-B-A-R. And was probably one of the, of course he lifted in the 114 uh, weight class, but if I remember correctly, he squatted like five times body weight, some insane thing. He didn't have very far to move the bar, you know, and, and those guys get real big muscle bellies. I mean, their levers are real good. You know, so they can be very good lifters, sure. But if he cannot squat, we need to know why he cannot squat. Is it because he cannot squat or because he doesn't know how? Have you taught him how? Yeah. And he can't squat? About half a squat and he can... Can't get below parallel? Yeah. Why not? He's overweight, fat guy. Oh, no. and midgets are different. I know. He might have bony. I know. Yep. Is he a dwarf or is he a midget? I don't know the, uh, the proportions are. Uh, typically a midget, and I don't know what the proper politically correct term is for this, but a midget is a, is a person whose proportions are adult normal, only they're not very tall. A dwarf is someone whose proportions essentially remain in infant proportions. And so he's a dwarf. Dunbar was a dwarf. Uh, if this guy's just too fat, he's too fat. If he's too fat, he can't squat if he's 5'9". So he's got to, you know, just got to get some fat off. If he mechanically can't squat because he's too fat, that's not common to just dwarves. You know, I'd say that over the past 10 years, uh, we've, oh, I, I think we're probably up to six people now in the history of this seminar that couldn't squat below parallel on, on Saturday morning. And two of them I know were were morbidly obese and just mechanically couldn't get down below parallel. So yeah, it's a problem. But that's not your problem as a trainer. That's his problem as a guy who eats too damn much. Although how he got fat on kimchi, I don't understand. Fish heads. Fish heads are very rich. Very fatty food. Why is he too fat? Do you know? <laughs> What's he eating? Well, you got to ask him. You got to ask him and dig into his little head and find out what the deal is. Why are you fat? And help him. You, you can fix this. All right? Okay, EJ. Do you speak Korean by any chance? Uh, 안녕하세요. Hello. 
You speak any Chinese? <laughs> See, isn't that crazy? These two Asians can't talk to each other. They have to use English to talk to each other. That's cool. I know. So, what's your question? My question is, so uh, on the war, the band squad, that, uh, the strength standard, what are those standards based on the novice media events? What are the what now, basically? The straight, oh, these things over here? Yeah. They're just pulled out of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> They're arbitrary. That's why I don't use them very much. We, we had this idea back about 2005, hey, we ought to come up with these strength standards. And they've been nothing but a problem since we, <laughs> since we did it. Nothing, absolutely nothing but a problem. Because people get them confused, those levels, they get confused with the levels of training advancement. And they're two completely different things. They have nothing to do with each other. Nothing whatsoever to do with each other. And they have been a problem since we wrote the thing up. So we took them down off the website several years ago, and they kept showing up, and they kept showing up, and they kept showing up, so we thought, well, hell, we wrote them. We might as well put them back up and then try to explain the limitations of them. Uh, those posters are Kilgore's posters. We're no longer associated with him. Why are they still on the wall? Carmen. Carmen? Carmen? <laughs> Where are these fucking things still on the wall for? Oh, we ain't got either covering up a hole or something. I should comment if something is out of your ass, it should end up in the toilet. No. <laughs> it's good advice. Very good advice. Very good advice. I can't argue with that. Okay, Florian. No question. No question? All the way from Deutschland and no question? Not anymore. Do you have the German editions of the books? No, I have the English ones. You really? It, you, You're better in English than German? No, I live here. So it was oh, you live here in the state. Oh, okay. Have you seen the German edition? I saw them over there. But you don't own them? No. <laughs> Let's see what we can do about that. Okay. Um, you mentioned, uh, I think maybe it was the first day, that you weren't a big believer in uh, trigger point and myofascial. Was that just the self uh Self-done, like myofascial. Yeah, I, and and here's the reason for that. Uh, some active release therapy is valuable. Some of it is placebo bullshit. Okay, a lot of people are in the practice these days of just making the client hurt real bad, and because it hurts real bad, the perception is, well, God Almighty, as bad as this hurts, it's got to be good for you. You know, it's like. Uh, taking a hammer and going, WHAM! FUCK! <laughs> oh, I feel stronger! <laughs> it, you know, it, 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 it doesn't make a lot of sense sometimes. Sometimes it's useful. For instance, one of the, one of the more useful examples of ART, that type of uh, vigorous massage type thing is an iliotibial band release which tends to be very effective tends to work pretty well okay but 
Lots and lots and lots of other things do not work very well that just hurt real bad. Okay? For instance, there's this clown up the street, a chiropractor, who quite literally produces massive hematomas on everybody that goes in his office. And I mean bruises, you know, 12, 15, 20 square inch bloody sores on the back of these people. Everybody gets the same diagnosis. They have micro trauma. And as a result of the micro trauma, they have got scar tissue. Micro trauma leads to scar tissue. So we have to break the scar tissue up with macro trauma. <laughs> right? Now, I was always taught that micro trauma heals. Right? But according to this guy, no one can heal. So he has to help you heal by beating the fuck out of you. I fail. I don't see the logic. I don't see, see the logic. But in the sense that active release therapy types of therapy do work, they work by uh, producing a plane of shear across the tissue, which stretches it and mobilizes it and all that other stuff. All right, so you can kind of see the mechanism. So there's a shear mechanism, right? Now, what do you do when you foam roll? Do you produce shear? What do you produce? Compression. Compression. And it doesn't work the same way. It hurts just as bad, right? But the mechanism is not there. So I don't see how, I mean, a lot of people like doing it because they think it makes them feel good. And I guess if you spend six months doing this shit, you get used to the fact that when you stop, it feels good. Yeah, like having to pee real, 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 real bad. You get through peeing and you think, man, this feels great. This is like foam This is foam rolling. Yeah. There's also, it does cause a little bit of extra blood flow to the tissue and may, may like warm it up a little. Which so does the sauna. Which may, which may reduce pain slightly, but it doesn't actually change anything. No, I don't just, say that. It, it's... It, well, you know what? You know how you can also warm the tissue up? Sorry. Go up the squatting, you know, go into the Warm-ups. Put on sweats. Then along those lines, are there any sort of, like, recovery aids? I mean, obviously, besides sleep and proper diet, <coughs> but recovery aids that you found that actually are helpful to an active trainee? Lots and lots of protein. Yeah. Anabolic steroids work pretty well. <laughs> uh, I don't, you know, there's all kinds of, if, if you want to go dig back into the, into the uh, lore, uh, contrast baths, contrast showers are supposed to help. I don't know that they do. Uh, well, it's like all that ice you know, stuff. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt. We don't know if it helps. If it makes you feel better, have a fucking blast. Yeah, go ahead. You know, you know, sauna, jump in the snow, that side of shit. Not a lot of opportunity around here to do that. 
uh, steam baths, massage. You know, I, I mean, there's all of this stuff. I think you probably are going to get best recovery from eating a whole bunch of protein, good quality food, lots of calories, and try to sleep. Sleep's the most important thing you can get for recovery, by far. It dwarfs every other thing that you can do, all right? The things under your control that actually work are nutrition and sleep. Sleep being the most important, and as you get older, the one that's the hardest to obtain. The older you get, the worse you're going to sleep. All you guys that are in your 30s and 40s still probably sleep pretty good. Me and Sid, not so much. The older you get, the easier it is to be distracted, both while you're trying to sleep and while you're trying to read or work or do anything else. Just a factor of your sensory perception changes as you get older. Uh, what I have found to be helpful is earplugs when I sleep. What helps really, really a lot. Really a lot. There's noise in the room, noise in the hall. You'll wake up when you're old, whereas you'd sleep through it when you're young. And if you can't get to sleep, then you can't get recovered. So that's extremely important as far as uh, recovery is concerned. You can't overstate that. And it's pretty much un under your control. Uh, the massage, the contrast showers, all the crazy shit they sell at GNC, just, you know. It, those things make other people money. Okay. In drinking, do you think uh, most people drink enough water? Most people, what? Most people drink too water. much water. Well, Look, why do people walk around in the airport with a bottle of water and every three minutes they take a drink of blah, blah, What the hell is wrong with you people? You, th that is a habit you have gotten in. That is not necessary for human existence. You don't have to have water available every three minutes. That's just, that's a fad. That is fashion. That's what a whole generation of people have grown up doing. It's not necessary. I'm getting thirsty. I haven't had anything to drink since this morning. I'm getting thirsty. I'm going to go drink a couple of glasses of water here in a minute. And I won't have wasted, you know, three and a half hours. Search a gallon of water. This is... Whose gallon of water is that? Which one of you assholes? <laughs> you, you just want to be in diuresis all the time? Is that what your deal is? You like to pee, don't you? <laughs> he just likes to hold his dick. He likes to go back and pee. How many plastic water bottles are in the landfill because of this bullshit? Yeah, a lot. You know, I mean, I'm not, you know... Gaia worshiper or anything like that, but it does seem rather excessive to me that everybody has to have a bottle of water because the bottle's got to be put someplace. Where is it going to go? Why did you have to have the bottle of water that bad? Why didn't you just get a glass of water out of the tap, drink it, and set the glass back down and then use it again? I'm from Yeah, hey, you're fucked, aren't you? <laughs> you're fucked. You've got government water up there. What an excellent idea that turned out to be. Huh? All right. So 